Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Before we get started with today's episode, I'm excited to share that I've partnered with GRE to help support diversity in graduate admissions. This year, the pandemic, social and economic climate have impacted higher education in so many ways, and the experiences of women and people of color in graduate school are finally receiving the much-needed attention. The people at GRE want to know how can they better support us to and through our grad school journey. So my question is, what do you think? Joining on this conversation happening today at 2 p.m. with GRE, hosting a virtual event to begin the conversation about admission bias, the current climate for graduate students of color, and more. I'll be there as one of the panelists. Can't wait to see you. The link is in the show notes. Talk to you then. Hey, y'all, it's Alante, and you're listening to Black and in Grad School, the podcast that helps women and people of color like you excel in this journey. If you're listening, I believe you are an aspiring or current scholar who wants to successfully navigate this process by sharing my experience while pursuing my PhD and interviewing other black graduate students or early career professionals. It is my hope that you can glean encouragement, advice and strategies that you can apply to your journey. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to another episode of Black and in Grad School. And today we've got a homie. Like, I think I've known Sam like seven years now or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, been it's about been that a, long. He was actually yeah, one of the first people I met when I moved to Detroit. Um, I know. Yeah. When I moved back, rather. So, like, even though I'm from Detroit, when I moved back. So, we got a, a I don't know what to call you because you ain't a Detroit native, but definitely a Detroit. Uh, I'm a Michigander uh, now. Transplant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are from the South. And we have my homeboy, Sam. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Hello. What's popping? I'm, I'm um, glad to be here. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm so happy that uh, I'm having you on because let me tell you about Sam. Sam just finished his MBA um, and he works at General Motors going on seven years as a reporting analyst. Uh, and he's from Augusta, Georgia. Super, just sweet guy. I get on my nerves a little bit, but I love you so much. So he got his MBA in information systems and global supply chain. And now he's doing a second master's in business analytics with a specialization in marketing. Did I say that right? Yes, you correct. All right, cool, cool, cool. So I know I get a lot of questions about working while in graduate school. And I feel like Sam is definitely an example of someone who has done it really well. Um, from funding to getting through graduate school. And now, obviously, he likes it a bit much because he's getting a second master's. Uh, so let's get into this conversation, Sam. You ready? Yeah, let's go. My question is, like, what do you study to have a career as, like, in IT? Because that's pretty much what you're in, right? So, like, I started my career in IT. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that for six years, and then I did like a year in like our global business solutions 
um, kind of group. And then most recently, I actually got a new job in supply chain where I basically helped them with like the technical stuff as well as like reporting data related to vehicle production. So, yeah. Okay. I've basically worked in three verticals in three years um, at GM. Got you. And okay. that hardly ever happens. Got you. Okay. Okay. Thank you for the clarification. So, no problem. I guess when you started in IT, like it seemed like you were. When I met you, at least, that's what, that's what the space that you were in and whatever. And so what I want to know is, like, why did you decide that area was of interest when you got to undergrad? Oh, yeah, that's actually a good question. Um, I've always been interested in anything te- technology-wise. Um, originally, I wanted to be a computer en- engineer, um, <laughs> and I got to school. Uh, fun fact, I went mm-hmm. to the University of Georgia, uh, in Georgia. So I started school there as a computer engineer, and... I, I didn't like it. Um, it was mm. not fun. It was not hard. And, and people, if you've ever been around an engineer, that's how they act in the program. And like, there's no sense of camaraderie or anything like that. So I changed my major. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? I was really gung ho on this computer thing. And um, I really wanted to work in computers. And then a, a good friend of mine told me uh, about a major called Management Information Systems. And it basically allowed me to be like technologically sound um, without having to do any other technical, like I didn't want to be a developer. Mm -hmm. So if Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a developer, I would have written the computer science route. Well, management information systems is more so for those who are, have a functional role, want to be like project managers and business analysts, um, but being in IT, and that was really the perfect role for me because it had like a business aspect to it, and it also had a technology aspect to it, which was one of the things I really liked. So I was able to enjoy the major um, in school and um, love it pretty much. I still love it. I, I love that job. That's dope. So, I mean, one, it sounds like you, like you said, you always had this interest in computers and mm-hmm. you were okay with doing a pivot. I think sometimes uh, we can like get real gung ho about one path and feel like we have to like follow that path. And so, oh, good no. for you for just recognizing, yeah. Yeah. And uh, on the lows of keys, I um, got ADD. So, I don't really okay. like doing the same thing over and over again. Um, so I always knew like, Hey, you know, whatever I'm doing now, it's not what I'm going to be doing five, 10 years down the line. So let me kind of continue learning myself, building my brand and putting more knowledge in myself. So I could kind of do different things in life because I just don't want to stay still. Um, my whole philosophy is that if you're staying stagnant, you're not learning, you're not growing. Um, it's when you go into like different comfort zones and things that you're not really used to, that's where you continue to grow. Facts. Facts. I'm with you. So you knew like your different skill, you know, you knew that you had this interest. You also recognize like where your, where your interest kind of intersected with another space that maybe wasn't available in the route you were originally planning and you took this new path. And so you ended up in Detroit, which like makes me happy. And yep. you spent a couple of years, um, you know, in this, in this space. So what made you decide like it was time to go to graduate school? Mm, it's funny. Cause um, when I went to graduate Graduate school only went because, you know, they kind of tell you, like, hey, you know, go get your MBA, go get a master's or something. And they don't really tell you why. They just say, go get it, you know. And I wholeheartedly believe in it. Like, just go do it. Um, and that was part of the decision. I was like, hey, 
in order to really compete um, in management level and like in order for you to really move up, that's going to be a prerequisite. So that was like number one on the list. But I wouldn't recommend, <laughs> that being said, I wouldn't recommend you going to grad school without a plan. So I kind of started putting the plan together and say, hey, well, I want to do my MBA, but I also want to get better um, in IT, more proficient. And then I also want to learn, you know, new discipline. That's why I selected supply chain. Mm, okay. So you kind of were, it sounds like you were also thinking about moving to this other vertical. Yeah. Uh, by by doing this MBA. So kind of positioning yourself to do so. So um, you've been, because you did, you were you were five years in when you got your MBA, right? Um, I started my MBA in 2016. So that was about... Okay. Uh, three years, three to four years, about three, three to four, four years. years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I sometimes feel like I guess I met you in 2015, but I'd be putting y'all at like 2016, 2017, but I left in 2017, so it's obviously I, not possible. I think we met in 2014. <laughs> Don't quote me on yeah, that. No, but. no, you're right, because that's I when I finished my master's. Not yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was 2014. Because yeah. that is, and then just a little sidebar outside of grad school. Yeah. Like when I first moved here for that first year, I didn't really have I didn't I didn't really have any black friends like I didn't know anybody like I, I didn't know because yeah. I moved here I didn't I hey I moved here on with a dollar in the dream and, uh Legit. yeah I was able to meet all my friends up here and uh love it for the most part I know, like, Sam is the homie, like, legit, legit, legit. So, uh, that's why it's so funny even interviewing you right now, like, oh, y'all talking about grad school, but, like, yes, but also, it's kind of funny, because, again, you the homie. So, mm-hmm. you go to, you you kind of make this plan to do this MBA with the global supply, supply chain to kind of give you that space to pivot, and what was that like, because you were working, um, and, like, just so y'all know, Sam is not like a go to work and go home kind of guy like Sam be out <laughs> like he got a million and 55 friends so we have this group chat called young black professionals of Detroit and that's how we met actually was through this group chat but he's friends with like everybody like the, like we're like kind of like old school YBPD like yeah and we don't I don't know these new people because I have lived in Detroit for three years yeah. Sam friends with everybody he owned like a million football teams and softball teams yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah. So he's not like sitting at home doing work. So how, what was it like being a graduate student, still working and remain, maintaining your social life? Uh, that's a, actually a good question. So it's funny because, you know, I would see people and like they'll go to grad school, but they will go ghosts. And like every mm-hmm. time you'll see them, it'll be like, oh yeah, I'm like in grad school, so I can't do nothing. I'm like, wait, can't do nothing? Like, <laughs> and I legit, I thought that's how my life was going to be, but it just never ended up that way. Um, I just do a good job at balancing everything. Um, I'm team no sleep, by the way. Um, mm. Team no sleep. So I might be up to two, three, four o'clock in the morning doing an assignment after, you know, going happy hour, playing a softball game, going to the after party, and I get home, and, you know, I got to work on assignment. So, like, you just got to be able to manage your time a lot better. Um, the difference between this and, like, maybe undergrad is that in undergrad, you can procrastinate everything and still get by. In grad school, mm-hmm. you can't really procrastinate because, you know, you're doing a lot more group projects and things like that, so people are dependent. You're held to a high regard in grad school, number yeah. one. 
you held to yeah, a higher regard. So you got to be a little bit more proactive. And if I didn't learn anything, it was learning to be more proactive in terms of my work. So I can't wait till last minute to do, uh, do assignments because I might I might have something else do in another class in a few days or I might have to do something related to work where I have to make the decision at that point to either do my assignment or my work. So you, it's better if you just go ahead and get everything done up front. So I did a good job at that. And you just do a little bit every day. Um, mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. just, it don't have to be a lot, you know, you might have to read 10 pages, just read 10 pages. And then the next day you could do the discussion page. And then the next day you could do the assignment. It, I, I really had to kind of learn to do that in order to be successful. Ooh, yeah. Like this team no sleep though. Like, I don't even know how, I don't know what that is. I don't know nothing about that. Um, cause I definitely need my rest. And I think that it sounds like you really took an incremental approach to your work. Like, okay, I'm going to do 10, you know, read 10 pages today, or I'm going to work on this, you know, assignment across like three or four days versus just trying to sit down and get it all done, which when you do that, you are going to wait to the last minute because you're procrastinating. (laughs) So that was really good. And what was it like? I don't know what the makeup of like, oh, you're at Wayne State. So Wayne State is a university in the city of Detroit. Yes. And what was it like, uh, like the back, the, the, the makeup of the class? Like, was it mostly white? Um, and yeah. I, I kind of make an assumption that there are more black people than usual cause you're in Detroit, but like, what was it like as a black graduate student in that space? Someone who has a lot of professional experience, um, had a lot to offer, but do you feel like there's any experiences that really stood out during your MBA process? Yeah, um, I would say for the most part, um, I know you went to HBCU. Um, However, I did not get the fortunate opportunity to go to HBCU. I went to PWI. So it's like, I I know how it works. And like, one of the first things you have to do when you come inside of like a a grad school is um, like, you look around, see who in the class, like, and that's been my life for undergrad. Like you look first day, you look in the class, see you in there, um, figure out who the black people are, and then you could congregate around them because that's going to be your safety net. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't have that safety net, things become a lot harder. And I'm not gonna lie, like for my classes where I had no black people in it, you don't really have that person in the class to be like, hey, did you do this assignment or did you do this to kind of remind you, keep you up to speed, keep you up to date. Um, so it does hurt in that aspect, but I was able to kind of find black people in most of my classes. And a matter of fact, my first accounting class, um, three of the people worked with me, um, and those black, they worked with me at GM. So we was able to kind of congregate and be in the same group and work together. Um, and then, um, a lot of my classes I took with a guy, uh, his name is Wood, um, Woodard. And, you know, we was able to collaborate for a lot of stuff, too. So, you know, even though the makeup is probably maybe 60% white, 15 20% Arabic, 20% Asian, and then, like, the rest, like, black people or something like that, um, I was still able to manage kind of that those relationships. Um, it's a little tough because a lot of times you, you're not doing the same thing some the same things are the same ways but i consider myself to be a chameleon and able to like go from person to person while being able to kind of maintain some sense of 
um, mediocrity. <laughs> sense of mediocrity. Some, some, yeah. <laughs> Is that what you meant to say? All right, let's scratch that word. Let's scratch that word. <laughs> I was like, mediocrity? <laughs> Is that what you were going for? No, no, no. Uh, some, some sense of, like, belonging. You know, belonging gotcha. to a group. Okay. Um, yes, yes. It's like, you know, like, they might have a conversation about, you know, going or not to their parents' cottage. You know, like, I don't, I don't, got, I don't know what a cottage is. See what I'm saying? So I'm like, hey, yeah. but we go to Airbnbs, you know, we go party or whatever. So like, I can say that. <laughs> right, so it's right, all right. about, you know, just being able to include yourself in the conversation the best way you know how and being mm-hmm. able to kind of like, you know, like assimilate in the same group while also, you know, coming together for a common goal, just getting the work yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the point, right? Like not assimilating for the sake of assimilating, but, uh, Thinking of it like the common goal is is school and um, yeah, because I, I I have I won't say controversial per se thoughts, but I definitely have thoughts about assimilation specifically. But that is for another podcast, y'all. That's gonna take some time to unpack. But I, I um yeah, I definitely I definitely can see that, and I always wonder specifically about like the NBA experience, right? Like it's I just I don't know. I guess in my head is like this like we're on the I consider myself like a woo-woo kind of like researcher, very, even though my work is in engineering, it's like, it just seems very, I don't know, intense is the word that comes to mind when I think of it's not, students. But it's not intense. Go ahead, go ahead. It's more collaborative than anything. Like, mm-hmm. the difference That's between, and, I, and I'm going to say this, the, the thing about MBA versus grad school is grad school or MBA in general is more applied. Uh, you're mm-hmm, taking concepts mm-hmm. and you're applying them to things that you've already done. Because ideally, they want you to go to grad school. They want you to have a little bit of work experience. Um, so MBA is more applied. So you, you're learning the concept, but you have a little bit thought, oh, I remember when this happened or I remember when this happened. You're able to speak to the point. So you're having a lot more discussions, um, even on online class. You're having a lot more discussions and you're doing a lot more group work. Um, it's not individual so- journey. And for the most part, I could count on one hand in all 16, 17 classes I took for my MBA, how many tests I took. Um, it was more, for the most part, yeah, group tests, papers, group papers, uh, group projects, and things like that. Um, for the most part, my test came from, like, accounting and finance, and that thing was hard. Sorry. Ooh, yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, I could imagine like, that would be those, hard. Those two classes is hard, so... Um, so like, it's a lot more collaborative and it's a lot more critical thinking, you know, like you're not, you're not, you're not remembering like hardcore facts. You're more so applying like, Hey, what would you do? How would you approach your situation type stuff? Got you. And I think that's really interesting because um, hearing hearing your experience is definitely like a great compliment to another person I interviewed, um, Josandra, which I'll include a link in the show notes because I can't remember her episode right now, but she actually went straight into an MBA fresh out of undergrad. And so she had a different experience. So um, if you, if that might be you, I would definitely recommend after you listen to this episode, listen to that one. Um, just speak about like that experience too. Just, as you were talking, it kind of came to mind. Um, but that's a good note. It's like collaborative and like again that application but now you're in another master's program and like very briefly I want to know why you decided to do a second master's so it's actually uh, a pretty long story 
Um, okay, well, make it short. <laughs> all right. So I was in my first master's program, and mm-hmm. um, somewhere along the way, I became intensely interested in, like, analysts. And this is why I was in IT. You know, like, analysts, that's, like, the big buzzword. Analysts, analysts, mm-hmm. analysts. Mm-hmm. And I guess my different, my perception, my paradigm of analysts was warped a little bit. And, you know, I thought it was, like, Power BI, SL, uh, pivot tails, pivot charts. But um, if you ask a true analyst person, it's really more statistics-based. Like, hey, what's the, is it normal distribution, uh, linear regression, uh, things like that. Hopefully, you okay. didn't get too confused. <laughs> but that's no, how it was. Most of us have, like, our basic statistics class. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's how it was when I first started. I'm like, oh, wow, this is not what I thought it was. But um, essentially, I was, so I told you my, my one concentration was information systems. Um, I was looking at the class list, and I'm like, yo, I don't like any of these classes like they're that they're mm. I was like I already working in IT I was like I don't like it I don't need any classes I was like what I really want to do is the analytics program I was like well maybe can I do both it was like nah we don't recommend that I was like well can I substitute a class um for in the in the analytics program for my information systems major and fun fact by this point I had already become like a star student in the business school because I got first place on like an international right competition. So I was wow. featured in like an article and everything. So like, I think the dean kind of knew my name. So like, I sent her an email and she was like, hey, yeah, I approved this. And um, so lo and behold, like real quickly, I had, I was in, um, I was taking two data analyst classes and I was using them as placeholders for my information systems concentration. So that was kind of like my first taste of it all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, how do I get in the, in the, in the field? And I had a mentor who's a um, very high person um, in analyst at, at General Motors. And he was like, you know, in order for you to work in the field, you need that experience. The issue with getting that experience is that you gotta know the field. <laughs> so it's, mm. it's, it's kind of a catch twenty two. Like I I didn't know enough to get in the field. I couldn't get in the field without knowing enough. So <laughs> I was like, well, and then I couldn't just do like a, any old project because that's not the function I was working on at the time. That I wasn't doing that type of stuff for my job. So I was like, how do I how do I tap in? You know, how do I tap into mm, it? Yeah. I was like, yeah. You know, I started looking at concentration programs, uh, sorry, certificate programs um, and things like that. Well, you know, you do a certificate program. I didn't really want to do hardcore, so I didn't want to do Python, but I want to do like more statistics based and more like um, analytics or SQL and stuff like that. It was really hard to find kind of right program. I looked at different certificate programs and I really couldn't find the right one. And then, oh yeah, GM won't, won't pay for a certificate program. So I found that out. So I didn't only pay for a master's. So I'm like, what do I do? So I started looking at business analytics programs and I found one where I didn't have to take the GMAT again. Um, and that um, was relatively cheap. Mm-hmm. That was close to my job. And that was kind of like, you know, a pretty decent program, like kind of ranked, but, you know, like 
not really nationally ranked, but you know, like you know, it has it has some kind of uh, accreditation about itself. So I chose to go to a school at University of Michigan, uh, the Dearborn campus, um, and you know, GM agreed to kind of get funded, fund fund the program, and then I started January this year. Dope. And we're actually going to get right into that too. So, um, but it sounds like, you know, you noticed that you had a, uh, an interest in analytics and you now have definitely taken like the ultimate deep dive by doing a master's, but kind of doing some due diligence as far as different options you had. Like, it sounds like you aren't necessarily going into it expecting to get another master's, but if that was, you know, the best outcome, especially with the funding, then, then so be it. I want to know though, if you could do it again, and hopefully, you know, no one for real, for real is listening to the podcast. I could use this against you, but like, if you could do it again, would you have just gotten this master's in business analytics instead of, instead of the MBA? Or do you still think you need both? Hmm. I never thought of that question before. Um, <laughs> y- yes, I, I, that's actually a good question. Um, no pressure. You have to answer right now if you haven't thought about it. Think yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I need to think about that because I've always thought I, I wanted an MBA because they tell you to get an MBA, um, but I also wanted a master's because I wanted discipline and, and analytics. So, like, yeah, I don't really have okay. for you right now for that. All good. No, no worries. So, but I want to transition into the funding thing because um, when I share different funding opportunities or options for people going to graduate school. One that we do pretty consistently like talk about is funding, well not necessarily funding, but like tuition reimbursement from your job, which is a great way um, if you're listening to actually maintain a real salary (laughs) and get school paid for because your girl is broke and it's not fun living off a stipend where Sam was getting his MBA, making his fat GM check. I'm only slightly salty. So I want to know like, I know the GM had some tuition um, remission or, or reimbursement, but also you still secure funding outside of your um, corporate funding. So tell me what the structure was and like how you did that. Okay. Well, yeah. GM reimburses you a a year. That's $8,000 a okay. year. And, you know, for m- most of Wayne State um, and even U of M, but that would put me at maybe like three classes where they'll pay for a full and then you'll have to come out of pocket uh, a few thousand dollars. So I always knew like, hey, I didn't want to pay that thousand dollars, but also didn't want to like just only take three classes a year. You know, when you're in school, you're trying to get done with it as soon as possible. So along the way, you know, I would do different things, apply for different scholarships. Um, and um in order to secure additional funding so I wouldn't have to come out of pocket that additional thousand or whatever. So my first year I was in grad school, my first semester was paid for because I only took two classes. I started in fall. My second mm-hmm. year I applied for a, a scholarship through the National Black MBA. I won, so that was $2,000. My um, second full year in grad school, uh, I wrote an essay for an academic writing competition. Um, and I won first place in that competition um, across like you know, multiple schools. 
and I was able to get $2,000. So that kind of covered like that gap. And then my third year, I applied to a scholarship through Wayne State. And mm. it was a scholarship that actually paid for my whole last year of school. So the fall semester in the spring semester. So I didn't even have to go oh. to tuition reimbursement for that. Oh, that's great. So you had an, so you were completely funded through the completely. Through Wayne State. Yeah, I didn't even have to look at my student no. account because it was already paid for. So, okay, okay. Yeah. So so then, and we were talking about this beforehand. It sounds like you then had like a year's worth of like I don't know if there's like a limit on how many years of reimbursement you can get from GM, but you had like essentially some money left over. Is that what happened? Nah. It, Okay, tell, head, me, tell me. In my head, I had money left over. I had money still on the table, but for the most part, you could do it as many years as you want to. So I'm like, okay. well, shoot. As as long as somebody even told me at, at, at GM, like, as long as you're not uh, taking advantage of the reimbursement program, you're essentially leaving that money on the table. That could be money added to your extra salary. So I, I, I wholeheartedly kind of just took that to heart. Like, hey, I would mm. like to at least, you know, take advantage of this wonderful opportunity um, that my company provides. So um, I wanted to go back to grad school. It was only 10 classes to get a second master. So and I really wanted to do analytics. So I was like, hey, you know, like this is going to be the way. And I love it. I just started, you know, in class. It's funny because people ask me one way, like, do you really need that? And I, I even ask myself sometimes, do I really need that? And, you know, the answer always, always comes down to, like, yeah, not really. But how often do you see somebody with uh, MS, MBA on their resume? Mm. So I was like, hey, if I do anything, I'm going to just, you know, like, I will always have, like, job security because, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm multifaceted, multidisciplined or whatever. And then um, it will put me in a better position to really get the job that I want, you know, like. They they yeah. they really say like you know for black people you gotta get twice as many degrees in order to really show your worth and I don't want to believe that but I do believe it um you kind of gotta mm -hmm. you, you need that valid you need something to validate you know like yourself for 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 whoever's watching in order to really move up um and. Yeah, it's the whole concept of having to work hard twice as hard to get twice as hard. Yeah, that, twice as yeah, hard. Yeah, that that yeah that that idea. Not that we actually are valid. We're valid no matter what. Sorry, yes, but yeah, de yeah, definitely. Like, um, the we all understand that like having certain letters behind your name opens certain doors. Like, yeah, especially I, when you're a person of color. Exactly, I wholeheartedly agree. I misspoke. Yeah. I misspoke. Yeah, definitely validated already. Yeah. And um. But yeah, definitely have to you know work twice as hard for that validation. Yes, yes. Okay, so that's what's up. So that means you get your now your um. And I think one point we need to also just highlight. It sounds like you were like kind of like almost a semi part time in your MBA, or were you full time? Ah, uh, no, part time. I'm part time. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Are you I usually yeah I usually average maybe one or two classes a semester, and I do mm -hmm. it over the summer months too because those usually go by pretty quick. So, okay. Yep. 
cool, cool, cool. Okay, so I feel like you shared a, one, like you had some hustle to get this money, and then now you know, still taking, um, not taking advantage literally, but like you know, capitalizing on the opportunity that you have with the tuition reimbursement. You know, I remember when you told me you're getting a second MBA. I was like, yo, you feel like we're getting a PhD, like at yeah. this point, because you get another another master's. So it's hilarious. Um, so here, here's a yeah. caveat with that. I would like to talk about that for a second. So okay. I did briefly look at PhD programs, but PhD programs take a lot more work. And they also they're highly more selective uh, from a PhD standpoint. And I feel like I couldn't do both at the same time. Like I would like talk about, you know, how I have a social life. I really couldn't have a social mm-hmm. life getting a PhD. No. And then no. um the last thing was that um you need you need like GMAT or GRE. And I haven't taken the GMAT or the GRE yet. Okay, got you. Yeah, no, I definitely get it. Like, you know, I do not be recommending this to y'all. <laughs> when I see y'all at home, like, don't do this. Why? Like, uh, you know, of course, our homegirl, Heather, is starting her PhD was like, bro, why are you doing this? Like, you don't have to. So I, I definitely um, feel like, you you know, you, you have a good path. And I definitely would love to talk to you after, you know, offline when we were just catching up about um, this MBA versus this MS now. But is there anything else before we wrap up that you want to share with us about your journey or any advice you have, especially for the folks that are working and going to grad school? Yeah, um, it's a few things I wanted to share is that. Um, OK, pick one, Sam. All right. I wanted to share with you kind of like the, the, the differences between the two. Um, uh-huh. I kind of like touched on it briefly from uh, um, earlier. But saying like, hey, you know, like your MBA is more so for like application. It's definitely a lot easier. Um, or it was a lot easier to me. Um, this master's program I'm in isn't really that easy. And it's kind of like just learning a whole new skill. It's, it's a different. I kind of have to change my mindset to kind of go through it. Um, so like it's just interesting seeing the difference between like both an MBA and, and a master's degree. You kind of really have to buckle down in order to like gain that knowledge. <laughs> so yeah, 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 for sure. Um, okay, well, I, I I love it. Thank you for sharing. But I definitely am excited about your lesson from the trap. What you got for us? What's popping? By who? Who that? Uh, it's, it's by Jack Harlow. Um, so okay. like, what's popping? Um, is kind of like my favorite song out right now. Um. And, like, when you think about, like, what's popping, like, when people ask, when you ask somebody, like, hey, are you, how are you, like, do you expect them to respond? Yeah, of course you do. Oh, I don't. It's more like a, hey, how are you doing? You know, like, you know, like, good, you know, whatever. But, you know, like, when I hear what's popping, it's like, hey, you know, what is it popping? you know, so to speak, especially like in my life, and you kind of touched on it earlier, like, hey, I got all this stuff going on, um, like, you know, I'm, I'm in grad school, uh, in addition to grad school, I also started like a photography business, um, oh, yeah, 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 um, I'm buying, I'm in the process of buying a house, uh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm just doing a whole, a whole lot, and you, you think about like the lyrics of the song, like Brandy Wilk just hopped in, like, you know, I'm getting the house, 
getting a new car, like, you know, getting everything new, like, upgrading my life, uh, like, yeah, so, like, that's what I think about the kind of song, like, you're just, you're doing a whole, you know, a lot of things, and, you know, you just kind of, like, want to respond, like, what is it popping in your life, like, Hey, what Ooh, what is it popping? You know, like you know, everything is going on. What, what do you, you want to hear about? What do you want me to tell you about? So, like, yeah, that's real. I love that. It's so positive too. Like, what isn't popping? Like, and that's so good. I'm so happy for you with your house, and definitely happy uh, for you. I know you and I have even talked about like your career after this with this MS in business analytics. I'm excited. You know, I'm rooting from you, rooting for you from over here, friend. Where can we follow you on social media? Sim Going Ham. Uh, that's my uh, IG handle. It's S A M underscore G O I N underscore H A M one. Um, yes. On IG. So, and then Sam Brinson on Facebook. If you want to be friends with me on Facebook, um, I don't really get on Twitter no more. So, I'm not about to give you the handle. So, but if you want it, it's the same as my Instagram. <laughs> Bet. Yeah. Well, we're gonna um, I'm I'll put your uh links for social media in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Sam, thank you so much for coming on, love. No problem, no problem. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right, y'all. Talk to y'all next week. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Blackin' in Grad School. For more content to help you on your grad school journey, check out blackingradschool.com. That's B-L-K-I-N gradschool.com. Love this episode? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Until next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.